Hey, thanks so much for tuning in. Jeff Fuller with you. Jay Fuller Interviews. Jay Fuller Interviews on YouTube. Join the Facebook group, Jay Fuller Interviews, and Instagram and Twitter, Jay Fuller Interviews. I believe people's stories make our stories much better if we'll just stop, listen, and learn from their experience. Uh, you can also listen on Google Podcasts or Apple iTunes as the Backfire Podcast with Jeff Fuller of Jay Fuller Interviews is there. One with a great story is Kyle Mack. Kyle, how are you? I'm good, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, man. So I'll uh, get to it. I call you Kyle Mack because I cannot pronounce your last name. What's the appropriate uh, pronunciation of your last name? McAlarney. All right. So we'll go with that. And uh, whatever you say, I apologize. My camera's a little messed up. But for those listening on the podcast, that does not matter. So I listened to Doug Gottlieb's All Ball podcast, one of my favorite podcasts um, ever. I just love basketball and I think he does a great job. How did you get uh, notified or alerted uh, to become a guest on that program? I've been a listener to Doug for a long time. Uh, since my time playing overseas, I got into podcasts, and I'm a I'm huge on um, on podcasts. I I subscribe to probably too many of them, but so um, and and Doug and I obviously have a shared uh, story in in Notre Dame and everything and. So we just stayed in touch um, online uh, vaguely, and I just kept telling him that I'm a, I'm a listener, I'm, I'm a follower, and I love his commentary, and I love his stuff. And he kept asking me to come on, and I kept telling him, anytime I'm ready, anytime I'm ready, anytime I'm ready. Finally, um, he felt I was worthy enough to come on his show. So after years of, of, of talking about it. Uh, good times. And uh, he had it incorrect, which was uh, good for me, prompted me that you are no longer coaching, but you are now part of PrioritySports.biz. And I just want to bring up that now. Uh, what led you to this venture? And I know that Gordon Hayward is uh, one of your clients that you work with. Um, just talk about that relationship a little bit with PrioritySports.biz. So um, good buddy of mine, one of my best friends, has been working for Priority for a long time. and. I was coaching at the time, and but I was also training players. I've been training basketball players since I was about 15 years old, to be honest with you. And so I have a lot of experience in it. And one of their bigger clients, Gordon, was looking for somebody different with a different perspective and asked if I'd be willing to travel a little bit and to try it out. And, and I did. And the relationship kind of took off from there. We worked together throughout the whole year, the whole season, and developed relationships inside of priority sports and conversations evolved into uh you know potentially leaving coaching and and pursuing this full-time because i just liked it. It, it it checked a lot of boxes for me and 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 the rest is history and uh kyle in the picture that i showed before then this one you are dribbling with your left hand are you left-handed right-handed righty now, I asked Doug Gottlieb the same question when I was fortunate enough to interview him. Good basketball players, or let me say, sons of coaches learn how to use their left hand. Was your dad a coach? My dad was not a coach. My dad was a, my dad is a lefty. Okay. Uh, but he's my dad was a, a professional baseball player. Um, now, but he was not a coach. No, he was not a coach. When did you learn that you could get at least three shots off, uh, less contested, if you used your left hand versus that of your strong hand? Probably in one-on-one -on -one battles in front of my house with my older brother that were glorified wars. 
<laughs> um, and he was bigger than me, stronger than me, faster than me, and got to get creative and crafty and um, figure out different ways to create space. And that's probably when I learned, and that was early. So that I was probably six or seven years old when I really started to get into the game and get serious about it and start to practice and work on things like developing my offhand. Now, talk to me a little bit about your older brother. My older brother, two years older, he was, what, all state for uh, Vermont. I was uh, all bench warmer for uh, the small Christian school I went to. Um, he's someone that was so much better. I just looked up to him, and I never uh, got past him. I think I beat him at one one three years ago when I was 42, and he's just old and out of shape. What was that relation like for your brother, and when did you surpass him basketball-wise? So, um when I surpassed him, probably my sophomore year in high school is when I surpassed him, um, both physically and from a skill perspective. Uh, but growing up, man, and, and you hit on it, Jeff, like when you're the little brother, like you just want to be just like your older brother. Right. It, and at the end of the day, like it's it's such a weird thing because I probably want, sought out his validation more than anybody else in my life at the time. Right. And because he was the cool one. He you know, he had, you know, the, the best clothes that I stole from time to time. I was stealing his hoodies. And so um, right now to this day, he, my brother and my relationship is incredibly strong. I love my brother. Um, there were some contentious moments there in the past growing up, but a lot of it stemmed from me just wanting to be like him, right? And wanting to be good enough and cool enough and and, and playing one-on-one versus him in front of my house, Um was a big part of, of or a big, you know, motivating factor for me to to get better and to improve to see if I could beat him. So the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, before I ask you about finding the Irish, did you happen to watch that football game Saturday night? I watched a little bit of it. Yes, I did watch a little bit of it. I'm not I'm not the big big football guy. I'm so I'm so entrenched in the game of basketball that I really. I, I almost on purpose, I try not to watch any other sports religiously, to be honest with you. But I, Notre Dame is, is, is my heart, man. So I, I do like to, uh, to support them any way I can. I watch a little bit of it. I didn't catch the end, unfortunately. Um, but obviously a big win for us. Definitely. Now, when you chose Notre Dame, did you kind of like the fact that they're more of a football school so you could kind of hide? Or how did that play into it? That, that's an interesting question, Jeff. I, I, I appreciate that question because I, I think so. I think so, to be honest with you. I, was, I, I got recruited by a lot of schools, um, and most of them, I would say, are quote-unquote basketball schools. But Notre Dame, obviously, is a football school, and quite frankly, it'll always be a football school. The history is just so strong there with the football program. Um, it wasn't – I don't think it was, it was a matter of you can hide there. I, I just – um, I just think that it, it was, it's a unique culture that when I went on my visit, um, it just, it, it checked a lot of boxes for me and, and my parents at the time. And, and it was more about the culture of the school and how they, how they really, um, especially Notre Dame, man, they, you're, you're not even considered a student athlete. You're considered a student. And then athlete is like down the rung, you know, like you, you have to really have to study and do your work in the classroom. They prefer, 
that you room with with uh, non-athletes and regular students uh, to integrate you more into the population. And, you know, me being a, a New York City guy, you know, from New York City, I always liked cities because I felt like um, I, I like being around people, but also at the same time um, uh, being, you know, people not knowing much about me. And so it's an interesting question that you asked there. Um, and I haven't really thought about that too much, but I'm sure at the time it played into part of my decision, given my personality. Now, I think it was with Doug Gottlieb on the All Ball podcast when you guys were talking about high school, you kind of make your way through academically. But then, as you just mentioned, being a student first, were you ever uh, in jeopardy of not being able to play because of the academic side? No, 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 not academically. No, um, I, I, I was fortunate enough early on in my life to create good habits around my academics. Um, again, fortunate enough to have good people around me, including my parents, who always emphasized the classroom and taking care of my business in, in, in that realm. So I, I always did what I had to do um, academically and uh, didn't never really had any issues there. Um, and I credit that to just the habits that I developed of, of studying, being on top of things, getting ahead of things, not procrastinating and, and whatnot. And, and I, I did have, honestly, Jeff, at Notre Dame, there's so many resources for student athletes there, you know, academic advisors and, and um, tutors and whatnot. They're, they're at your disposal 24 hours a day. So it's, um, you know, if you, if you do the right thing and you use those resources, uh, you'll be fine. And I was fortunate enough to have the foresight to do that. So Kyle Mack, make some time. Uh, check out PrioritySports.biz, PrioritySports.biz for more information. Behind me is a picture of you on the cover of Sports Illustrated. First question, number 23, was that simply because uh, Notre Dame didn't have the number you wanted? You're a Jordan fan. Where did 23 come from? I'm obviously a Jordan fan, but to be honest with you, Jeff, when I was a junior in high school, um, at the time, my high school, small, small Catholic high school in Staten Island, um, not a lot of money, not a big budget. I got, I got first picked at the numbers and the numbers weren't good, right? It was like 23 and then like 37, you know? So I picked 23 and, and I stayed with it. My freshman year coming to, to South Bend at Notre Dame. Uh, it was available, and just in, in an effort to just keep things consistent, I'd stuck with 23. When I became a pro, though, I played overseas for a while. Um, I I did not have 23. I had uh, number uh, 12 and then number 6 for the last about six years of my career at number 6. Hey, talk to me a little bit about this picture behind me on the cover of Sports Illustrated. I know my friends would have given me crap if I ever made something like a cover of a magazine. Uh, your closest friends, did they kind of poke a little fun at you or uh, talk about that experience? Yeah, man. Um, my, my boys from back home, they always gave me crap about everything. Every and this, this picture right here, like it looks fine now, but when I look at it, it's like, it's like when you listen to yourself, I almost feel like my, I'm having a panic attack, like, you know, cause it's so, it's such a fake smile, you know, and so put on, but so my boys gave me, give me crap for that one. But, uh, um, I still, I have that framed to this day as I do have that picture framed because it's a very proud thing, you know, being on the cover of sports illustrated. Now there's nothing like high school teammates. I mean, college teammates are close as well, but, uh, some of the guys you grew up with, can you just talk about the importance of those relationships that you still have in your life? 
those, those are my guys, man. They're like my brothers, my my three buddies of mine from from high school. One of them is an Army Ranger now. He's actually over in Kuwait right now. Um, my other buddy was in the Navy, moved down to Texas, and our other buddy is still living in New York. He's he's uh, he's an accountant in New York. But those relationships are cemented before any of us ever had our you know we were we were 13 to 18 years old we were hanging out every single day and really kind of really figuring out our our life and our paths and um it's funny when and you probably know this too when you get together with 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 your buddies from back home in the day it's like it's like nothing's ever changed you know so i'm i'm big on on family family is the most important thing to me and family doesn't just mean blood family means those guys as well and so we keep in touch we they, they keep me grounded, you know, like you, like we just talked about in the picture, you know, I think I'm a big shot on the front cover of Sports Illustrated and, you know, here they are giving me crap about it and making fun of me and it's just, it keeps it light, you know, I never find myself taking myself too seriously because of them and, and, and again, you know, I, I don't think you can know where you're going in life unless you know where you come from and I, I, I hold those relationships very dear to me. Kyle, share with me a little bit about playing overseas. Obviously, everybody wants to play in the NBA. I believe you played summer league and had a cup of coffee at a couple spots. But uh, just those in the military that we celebrate this week, being overseas, seeing the world. Can you just share a little bit of your uh, most prized experiences? Yeah, unbelievable experience, Jeff. My wife and I, we cherish our time over there. Uh, Greece, Israel, China, and mostly in France. and we really we miss it every single day to be honest with you uh we miss the lifestyle miss the pace we made some great friends have some really strong relationships over there and i think it what it does to you is it opens up your mind and it sort of opens up your world that um you 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 start to get a picture of what's out there and and that people are just people people are looking for for love they're looking for close relationships they're looking to feel important and that exists everywhere and you know unless you're you're putting yourself in those situations where you know you're away from family you're away from home and you're away from your routines and everything that's familiar you don't really get a true sense of that so i think for us it was it was really important for for our development as a, as a couple my wife and i uh, individually and then as we now we're 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 parents and it, it you know the things that we talk about to our kids is is acceptance and and you know, uh, learning about other cultures and it's just, a, it's a really important aspect of life that you could kind of go through life and just kind of trot along and never really, never really experience that. So I think it's it willingly put yourself in those situations. And I was fortunate enough to have those experiences through basketball. But I think it's important. And I cherish my time specifically in France. France was great to us. And I played seven years there, five years with one club and, um, one of the best memories of my entire life was when I retired. My last game in, in with my club in, in France, they gave me a standing ovation and they gave me a couple of gifts in front of everybody. It was an amazing experience. They brought my family out to the court. And I'll never forget that. Yeah, I was going to pull that picture off the web, but I did not. So I apologize about that. But uh, I find it almost comical because here in Vermont, we have a couple Division Three NCAA schools and a couple kids that I've gotten to know 
Uh, no, came from Philadelphia, and they thought it'd be easy to play up here in Vermont, but they realized even in Division Three, there's some tough competition. For you going overseas as an American, when did that maybe rude awakening happen where you realize that, man, there's some good ballers all over this planet? Very quickly, very quickly. I think being humbled in not just basketball, but in your life is, is part of the process. It's part of growing as a person, as a player. And the quicker it happens, the better off you're going to be. And so for me, it was, it was very quickly into my professional career. I think you you come up against grown men. You know, I'm 21 years old playing against a 35-year-old. There's a difference there physically, right? But there's also a difference between that 35-year-old's um, experiences in, in the game and all the lessons that he's learned that I've yet to learn. And the game moves much slower for him. So um, you're humbled pretty quickly over there, you know, and, and basketball is the global game and the talent is very, very good. And you could play high-level basketball in almost every country in the world. And, um, I, you know, very quickly when I went over there, it was uh, I had to adapt or die. And that's what it still is overseas. It is very, very difficult to make a career playing over there because it, guys have a hard time figuring it out. And part of it could be that they think just because they're from America that all this just being from America that they're better than everybody else. And that's just not the case. So share with me, do you watch the NBA now? Were you intrigued by the bubble or do you even have time to watch professional sports? Oh, man. Well, the NBA, I, I watch almost every game, uh, mm. to be honest with you. Um, so, yes, I watch every single game. Um, and, again, that's part of the reason why I, I purposefully try not to engage or get involved with watching other sports because mm. – the end, there's so much going on in the NBA and the NBA in particular, you follow it too, Jeff. Like it's, there's so much drama. There's this, you know, even the off season right now is crazy. There's so much going on. So that's a, that's a 24 hour thing. And then when games are playing, we have clients here. I have all the guys that I work with here that I have to follow and watch and send them video the next day. So if I don't catch the game that night, I'm absolutely watching it the next day and breaking down the film um, for our guys. So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm plugged in 24 seven to what's going on in the basketball world. So without being uh, too humble, but possibly being diplomatic, why didn't you make the NBA? I've, 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 so my whole life was centered around making the NBA. I did everything I could uh, possibly do. Would I have done things different knowing what I know now? Yeah, probably of some things, but um, I've had a lot of time to think about that because that to me was the ultimate dream. Um, I think it was a size thing. Jeff. I, I'm, I'm 5'11". Um, I, I'm, I'm pretty quick. I'm very fast. Uh, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm, you know, I was at, in, in a good spot at Notre Dame and decent enough exposure to to put myself out there I feel like I developed I absolutely developed an NBA skill set in shooting the basketball but I think it was a size thing um, would it be different now if I was coming out of college now it may be because shooting especially three-point shooting yeah. and spacing the floor is more valued now um, but at the same time defensively as a shooting guard 
I'm five eleven. It's it, it makes it tough to to guard guys who are six five and taller, you know. And I think I, I had that stigma of who who would I have guarded and and how would I have done that and managed that. And I think that ultimately led to me um, not making the NBA. Uh, it's so interesting how competitive things are, but uh, how there's so many knuckleheads. And I say here in Vermont that think, oh, I could play in the NBA. I scored 30 points a game at my small school of like 200 students. And it's just funny how competition uh, is there. But you really seem to have found a niche in grinding, but still finding a vocation, doing something you love. Talk about some of the adversity that you've had to overcome to give you this opportunity now with Priority Sports Stop it. So I, I've been training players since I was 14, 15 years old because locally in Staten Island, New York, I made a little bit of a name for myself. I was putting up ridiculous scoring numbers and younger kids wanted to learn. And so I've been training players and relating to players since I was that age. Um, when, I, I, when I was a sophomore in Notre Dame, I got arrested for possession of marijuana and I wound up getting suspended from university for about six months. Now, that, that six months was the most transformative time of my life. Um, what did I do during the six months? I trained players. I, that, that's all I did. I trained myself and I worked with kids, with, with youth, youth, youth basketball players. And that was always something that I wanted to do long-term because I felt an immense sense of, of fulfillment doing it. And I, I loved, I obviously loved being on the court, but I loved teaching the game as well. So as I got on with my with my playing career, um, I always thought about coaching. You know, should I try out coaching? But you know, I kept coming back to the training piece and working with players individually because that's what I did during the darkest time of my life. You know, I was away from my teammates. I really felt like I had thrown away my dream during that time, but the court and working with players in that regard kind of gave me um, gave me hope, gave me energy, and that's all I wanted to do during that time. And I was pretty depressed. So um, getting through that and, and, and relying on basketball for that, um, really, I, I think back to that almost daily during that, that time. I think back to that time daily now um, because it helps me. It helps me uh, relate to players. It helps me. You know, everything when everything's going well and players are playing at their best, it's easy. But when they're down, when when they have their own dark times, when when they're concerned about their future, maybe an injury, maybe they do something stupid, maybe they just have a bad game and they're really down on themselves. I think the fact that I was in that spot myself allows me to reach back and connect with them. And I think not I think in order to to relate to players, especially at this level, you have to have some sort of a, a story to to your to your life that enables you to connect with them at that level. Because, when, as I said, when things are going great, it's easy. But when things are going bad, or when they're playing bad, it's it becomes tricky. It becomes difficult. And and my ability to do that stems from the time that I got suspended from Notre Dame. That's really good. And uh, thank you so much for sharing that as well. Um, as I mentioned over and over up here in Vermont, uh, Boston Celtics fan, Gordon Hayward, that connection. Were you working with him when he broke his leg, broke his ankle? No, 
no, not uh, not no, no, not when he first came to Boston, no. And so, as you've worked with him, how is how does one overcome that mentally of being injured? That is um, the hundred million dollar question, Jeff. Um, I I think he's done a phenomenal job in doing that, but I don't know if I can verbalize a real answer for you um, for that. I think it's 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 so traumatic what he went through that it's it, it takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of time. It takes a lot of reps. It takes a lot of workouts. It takes a lot of trial and error. It takes a lot of, um, you know, a lot of, uh, on his part, a lot of willingness to just kind of go for it, um, to trust his body again, to trust his feet again. And it, you know, we're, it, it takes, takes years, takes years. Yeah. And I think that just is a reminder for us to be consistent and intentional with every day of our lives, not just thinking that we're going to get over the hump overnight. Uh, for you and uh, what you do, PrioritySports.biz, can you just talk to me how coaching high school students prepared you for what you're doing now? And do you miss hanging out with those high schoolers? Well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer the second part first. Yes, I do miss hanging out with them. Um, such a transformative time in people's lives um, being in high school. And they're so impressionable at that time in their life. Um, so really was fulfilling and you really felt like you were making an impact. And, and I say to this day, you know, high school coaches in any sport or high school educators in any school, they're really, really important to, to our society because that age is just is such a fragile age for young boys and girls. Um, so I do miss that a lot. Um, how did it help me? Well, I think number one, we were not good. <laughs> we were not good at all. Um, and so having to sort of, I just retired from playing professionally. Now I have to kind of go back down the ladder, literally all the way to the beginning really was amazing for me looking back in terms of um, relearning things, reteaching things. Um, so it, it's in so many ways, it's, it's serving me um, for the future. And also talking to high school kids, you have to kind of, you have to be careful what you say. You have to, um, you have to watch what you say. You have to massage it correctly. And that's a little bit like what I'm doing now too with these, with these players is, is you have to kind of, um, every conversation is measured um, because you're you're trying to sort of mold their mind a little bit into the direction that you know is best for them or you think is best for them. And um, at the end of the day, Jeff, and I'm sure you talk about this all the time, it's all about relationships, trust, and communication. And, you know, amazingly enough, high school kids, they understand that too. So if, if I come at this with the same authenticity that I came coaching high school with, um, I'll be fine. Hey, a couple questions and we'll get you out. Kyle Mack, thanks again for making the time. And uh, were you one that liked to watch video? Did you get in the film room like you hear about with so many football players and watch film? Were you one of those guys? Yeah, yeah. Still to this day, too. I think it's, the it's you know, um, you always hear, or I always hear about the different ways in which people learn. And I always felt my response to this was always 
if 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 I'm better learning by doing um, than visually, then if I still go do on the court, but then I also supplement it with visual learning, like it's only gonna it's only gonna help each other, right? So I, I believe, you know, and that's why I listen to so many podcasts and like I surround myself with 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 things to help me improve that's all leaning in one direction so i was big on video as a player um big on watching guys feet in the game uh because i i think if you watch a player's feet you can tell a lot about them their skill set um so yeah I, I, to this day it's 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 a really powerful tool for me with with our players is clipping together some film and, and showing them some stuff so it's it's and and you can't hide from film either, right? Yeah. So if, if you know, and it was always, um, you know, uh, your heart was always beating a little fast the next day, and you know, in, in in the film room after college, after a bad game, because you knew you were gonna get called out. No, I always like watching film, and it was just funny to see some of the players on the bench. They had the most expensive shoes, but they were just sitting on the bench, so not watching their uh, shoes, but watching their footwork and how they yeah, played the yeah. game. Yeah. Hey, for you, I had the opportunity to uh, interview Jim Sweeney uh, playing for the mob. ESPN did a 30 for 30 about him. He was actually under six foot as well. But he said that he has never stretched out or iced. How important is that, especially for young athletes? Well, yoga changed my, my, changed my life, really. Uh, changed my career. Um, it it not just stretched me out, but it, it gave me strength at, you know, uh, full range of motion. Um, so an ice and recovery and habits around recovery are really important, especially nowadays, because there's so much, the technology nowadays around recovery is, is so advanced and it's proven uh, that it works. Um, it's really important. And, you know, some guys, they can get away with it. Others cannot. I couldn't. I couldn't get away with not stretching. I couldn't get away with not icing and eating right and taking care of my body. And literally when practice was over, I'm already thinking about the next day, right? You know, recovering for the next day. So, um, but stretching and ice for me um, were huge, but it's more, it's more about the habits again around recovery. So, you know, uh, prioritizing the game means you're not going out on your feet the night before a game. You know, uh, that plays a part in it. When you get up in the morning, you're drinking water. You know, you're not drinking soda. You're drinking a lot of water throughout the day. Um, you're stretching after practice. You're using the foam roller. You're getting treatment. You're getting massages. You're doing yoga on your off days. You're getting some sun. Um, you're sleeping really, you know, as best as you can high quality sleep. So, um, there's so many habits that um, lend well toward toward recovery that are really important. And, you know, some guys can get away with not having all of it dialed in. I couldn't. I had to have everything dialed in. So. And so uh, two questions, and we'll let you go. And uh, thanks again for making the time. PrioritySports.biz is where you can find more information. So I am an assistant to the assistant on the JV girls uh, basketball program here. And uh, I often go back and forth because I'm 5'10". I love the three-point shot because that was a great equalizer um, for me. But if you're speaking with a 15-year-old sophomore in high school 
and they ask you, should they be working on their weak hand or their three-point shot? How do you speak to them? I would say my 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 real answer would be both. Um, gun to my head, if I have to pick one, I, I would say work on your three-point shot. Um, and the reason why I say that is because shooting is just it's the it's the equalizer in basketball if you could put the ball in the basket you could play you know if you could you know i always say this to to kids too especially at the high school level right like if you're if you could if you could just make free throw after free throw after free throw and you're like a hundred percent free throw shooter at the end of the game if you're winning your coach is going to put you in because they're going to start fouling and you're going to be the hero you know it's like being a field goal kicker you know in in football um so shooting is the is is a separator skill in this game. If you could shoot the ball and you could shoot it at a high level, um, and there's degrees to that too. Um, I like to talk about you know there's 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 players who can't shoot, there's players who can shoot make shots, there's players who can shoot, there's good shooters, there's great shooters, and then there's assassins, you know. And so you climb the ladder until you finally get to an assassin level, and. You know, working on your weekend, of course. But if you look at a player like Tony Parker, um, Carl Malone, these are Hall of Fame players who, quite frankly, frankly, I don't know if the ball ever touched their left hand. Um, now, I'm not. I'm, I would never advise a high school kid not to work on their weekend. But um, the real answer is both. You need to work on all of it. All right. So I'll get you out on this question. It's actually a two-part question. And I stole the first part from Hernando Planos. I don't know if you know Hernando, but the uh, Be Contagious podcast. If or when, in your case, uh, when the feature film is made about your life, who plays you in that feature film? Man, this is a good question. I love this question. Um, I, uh, I've often been, um, two guys, I've often been, um, compared to, uh, or not compared to, just similar look is Colin Farrell and uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. Okay. Um, so I, I, w- I would say one of them, one of them. And then the second part is, and I know that you're happily married, but just for a second of the interview, who plays your love interest in that feature oh. film? <laughs> oh, man. If you asked me when I was 16, it would have been Jennifer Love Hewitt. Um, <laughs> Jennifer Aniston is, is, is up there. Um, yeah, those Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Aniston. All right. Hey, Kyle, thanks so much for making the time. Uh, you're the best. We wish you all the best with our PrioritySports.biz. And uh, thanks again for making the time today. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Great interview. And again, that's uh, Kyle. Make us up time. You can find more information, Instagram and Twitter. My name is Jeff Fuller, J Fuller Interviews on Instagram and Twitter, Facebook, uh, YouTube, and the Backfire Podcast with Jeff Fuller of J. Fuller Interviews. Thanks all. And make sure you take the time and make the time to listen to someone's stories because it will make your story much better, less ignorant, and certainly more impactful. Thanks again.